When somebody makes that decision, literally taking the first step and following the footsteps of Jesus, it's a powerful thing. And I mean, it makes total sense if you, you know, read about Christ's baptism, you know, he did it. And so I feel that, you know, spiritually, the sky opens up every single time, yeah. getting to kind of be like, oh, I remember that, you know, all of that brings up all the feels. And then again, just knowing that, that they have Christ now, like. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church YSM. We hope you enjoy these stories. You are listening to the Your Story Matters podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is a podcast where people from Collective sit down and they just share their stories. And they talk about faith. They talk about um, the highs and lows of life and the way faith played with those things and interacted with those things. They talk about um, what life was like before faith and after faith. And, and really the goal of this podcast is for people to be real about their brokenness, about their lives and what God has done and is doing in their lives. And so we're thankful that you're joining us today. If this is your first time listening to the Your Story Matters podcast, I just want to encourage you once you're done with today's episode, go back and listen to the other ones as well, because um, one story of God's goodness uh, is encouraging, it's inspiring, it can lead us closer to God. Um, but when you take in the fullness of the podcast, you really get to see who God is and what he does in our lives when we trust him and um, when we obey him and when we follow his lead. Um, so make sure after you listen to today's, go back, start at the beginning, listen to all of them, um, and really just see kind of the fullness of who God is and what he's done in the lives of people uh, in this church specifically. Uh, today, I'm really excited um, as we sit down with another person uh, to share Ashley's story. If you go to Collective, you know Ashley, you see her. Um, probably the best hype person we have uh, when it comes to what God's doing in this church. And so I'm excited for you to share kind of the reason why, the reason why you love this church so much, the reason why uh, at Collective, you feel all the feels that comes with it. Because um, I think people see it and they love it and they feel it with you, uh, but they don't know why. And so I'm excited for you to share a little bit of that. So Ashley, thank you for joining me today. Um, let's kick it off from the very beginning. Tell us about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? What was faith like as a kid um, and kind of the, the beginning years of your life? All right, well, thanks for having me on. Um, so I was born and raised in Frederick County. I was actually like the outskirts, uh, Mount Airy, very close to other counties. Um, but I was raised in a Christian home. I am one of those kids whose parents made them go Sunday morning, Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday night, yeah. private school, like the whole the whole nine. Um, but which at the time growing up, I was, you know, there were periods of time where I was not super happy about sure. that. But in hindsight, as an adult, I'm so grateful and um, yeah. doing the doing the same with my kiddos right now. Yeah. And um, so I was raised in a, I went to one church my whole life um, before coming to Collective. <laughs> so yeah. my church experience um, was amazing growing up. Um, 
a really strong church, really strong youth group when I was growing up about, you know, 20 something years ago <laughs> at this point. Uh, in a um, period of time. Yeah. 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 So I was baptized at 13, I believe it was. My dad baptized me. Okay. Um, and I just had a really, a really great family, really great parents. Um, I have two siblings and we're all just very close and I'm actually our whole extended family is very close and I very much uh, attribute that to to Jesus yeah. and um, you know that my family is full of believers and so um, I was just really blessed to be surrounded by a lot of people that loved me um, and a lot of teachers that cared and yeah. um, just a lot of opportunity that other people don't uh, have or especially from hearing some of the things on this podcast of not having a similar story so yeah. um, I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, I didn't, no major traumas. Um, there was an incident uh, when it kind of came to light when I was 14 um, that my dad had been unfaithful to my mom um, for quite some time, and it, it came out in a pretty traumatic way. Sure. Um, and so that was tough um, for sure, definitely rocked our family, but um, I was able to see my parents work through that. I was able to see my mom. Um, stick around and I know she did it for us kids that was her motivation initially but um, it's just a blessing to look back on that and be able to see their growth and yep. what they've overcome you know is their marriage perfect now heck no yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. they still have problems sure. right we all do but um, but just to have that example of commitment and um, yeah you know just just being, uh, you know, faithful to the commitment you made for, before God sure, and, sure. and before your spouse. So that was. Let, let's talk about that a little bit because um, a lot of people on the podcast share, and I'm one of them. Like, hey, my parents, my dad had an affair, and then it was over. And um, I never got a good example of how do you fight for a marriage. Now I've seen it in my friends. You know, we've had people on the podcast share, but typically these are people sharing in their 20s or 30s about how. Um, you know, they're reconciling a marriage through affair, through addiction, whatever it may be. But you're kind of on the other side of that, you know, where you saw it as a teenager in your parents. When you found out growing up in the church, how did that impact your faith? Did it like hit you where you kind of looked at and went, wait, we grew up in the church and here's this, you know, here's this, this, this thing about my dad or were you guys so deeply rooted in the truth where you, you know, are in the church, you understood like, Hey, sin happens, but God can redeem. Like, what did that feel like when it came to like a personal faith, kind of in that season? Uh, we were definitely supported and upheld by our church. Um, my dad, you know, the tradition there is you go before the church, and um, you know, my dad is an amazing man. You know, he's an amazing man of God. He yep. just has struggles, right? Yep. So we were surrounded um, and supported through that. So I really, while it was hard, you know, and hard to see my mom hurt, you know, yeah. and things like that. But, um, to just see people support rather than shame yep. and, yep. um, just that community was uh, really critical, especially okay. for my mom yeah. um, during that time, you know, um, for me and my faith, you know, when you grow up, it's interesting when you grow up knowing Jesus from birth, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have this like aha moment per se. And, um, and in some ways that can be a little bit dangerous because you get almost like used to it, right? Yep. It, Absolutely. it doesn't have that, you know, that shock and all new feel thing. Yep. And, um, but there's still a lot of value in, in having that, that grounding. So it didn't, it didn't shake my faith. You know, I've never, 
I don't know there's ever been a time in my life that my faith has, has been shaken. Yeah. Um, you know, because I tend to be one of the people that, and it kind of sucks, but like when like hardships are what bring me closer sure, to God, absolutely. you know, some people are like, Oh, the, the good times bring you closer to God. And I'm, I still feel close to God in good times too, but like, it's the trials and that kind of scares me a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't had any trials in a while. Is what's he going to do to sure, bring me closer? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, coming yeah, back out yeah, of it though, yeah, it's always on the other side, growth and just the ability to see more of his goodness yeah. through yep. things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, we always try to let, let people understand that following Jesus doesn't mean life is perfect, right? And and the way I try to say it is, hey, following Jesus doesn't make all the pain go away, but it does make life better. And what people think better means is like, oh, therefore there's no more trials. And it's like, no, no, no. It just means when you go through the trials and life punches you in the mouth, like it doesn't hit as hard. And and that that is one of the benefits of following Jesus is – you know, even as a teenager, you go through this really hard thing, but because you don't doubt his goodness and you don't doubt his presence, you don't doubt what you've seen in your own life and in your parents' life. It's like, yeah, this sucks, but also like this would be so much worse if we didn't have that church community. This would be so much worse if we didn't have people around us that wanted to help us fight as a family, even for restoration or redemption. It would be so much worse if, you know, people brought shame and didn't allow them to, to heal, right? And force that to be their identity. And so that is one of the beautiful things about following Jesus specifically for a long time. Um, my wife and I talk all the time about how life is hard. Like it's just, especially as our kids get older and it's just hard raising kids. And, you know, there's these like constant things in your life. And you're like, 10 years ago, this would have swept my legs right out from under me. But our faith has been such a major part of our life where it's like, yes, this is hard. Yes, I still feel the difficulty of this, but this isn't devastating anymore. Mm -hmm. And for you, even as a teenager to say that, it makes sense because you were raised in a good, Christ-filled, you know, truth and grace type of church that like you feel the knock, but it's not gonna destroy everything in your life. And again, having the support of the people around you guys. It's one of the reasons why we tell parents like, you should be here regularly, but not just being here, but you should be involved because life is hard. And one of the best things you can do with your kids is surround them with people who say, hey, life's hard, but we're going to hold you guys up even as a teenager. So it's wonderful that you experience that. Like that's a dream, yeah. right? We want people to very, experience very that. Yeah. <laughs> so for your parents, like you you got to see kind of the, you know, the prodigal son, right? The, the pit, but you also got to see the redemption, um, what was that like watching them fight for their marriage, you know, choose grace for their marriage? What was it like kind of on that side of things? Um, it was a relief cause you know, nobody wants their parents not to be together. Sure. Right. Um, so I was so, even then being so young, still incredibly grateful that, um, that they were going to stick it out, yep. you know, cause the alternative is, is a lot harder. So Knowing that, and, they, and my mom made that decision very early, so that mm -hmm. took a lot of the fear and and, and trauma, I think, from yeah. us kids um, because we weren't worried about dad leaving or, yeah. or anything like that. And so, again, it's just another opportunity where God has allowed me to see goodness in, you know, despite circumstances. Yeah. And um, I've had that opportunity a good bit. So... It was a hard time, but it was a short time, it feels like to me. Sure. Because, you know, they did fix it. And, um, you know, they did a vow renewal and, in our living room and Good. with family and friends. And um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's been a good thing. So, um, and it's great to be able to give people hope in other situations. Absolutely. Like, look, Hey, you know, this is really bad. You're, you know, you may be struggling with this in your marriage or whatever, but like it, it, there is, can be redemption. You know, yep. I've seen it. Yeah. So it's, it's encouraging to be able to offer that to people. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing to see as a teenager, mm-hmm. right? Like you got to see pain, but you also got to see joy. You got to see sin, but you also got to see grace as a teenager, which is incredible because you didn't have to wait till you, you know, you hit your thirties to go, Oh crap, this is real life. Uh, so for you, you know, teenage years tend to be tough when it comes to church and faith. What was it like for you? Um, so I've always, you know, I've always had faith in Jesus. I've never wavered on that, but, um, you know, later in high school and college, um, definitely did my own thing. Wasn't yeah. going to church. Um, not that I, you know, for any reason other than, you know, I partied Saturday night or like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I was really a good kid. Um, I really, you, despite, I'm in the oldest, so you always are the ones that break your parents in. And so, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's different. Uh, it is, it is. Um, but definitely like senior year and through my couple years of community college, um, I did my share of all kinds of things. And I was a hippie, I had dreadlocks, like (laughs) one of music festivals, like the whole nine. But I'd never lost that like knowledge of the truth. Um, And so I never felt like, oh, I'd fallen away or anything like that. But, um, you know, definitely had some life experiences. But I was also, you know, I'm very responsible. (laughs) So I still made good grades in school, but, you know, partied and did what I wanted to otherwise, Uh, worked two or three jobs and did it all at once. Um, When did you meet your husband? Oh gosh, um, and this always sounds funny when this is the first sentence I say, but I met him through, uh, he was dating a friend okay. of mine, <laughs> but they were broken up for a long time before yeah, yeah. we ever started dating. So I was actually friends with him for quite a while. We hung out as, in, as with other, you know, significant others for quite some time before we ever, ever dated. Um, but when we started, da- we dated, started dating and then within 14 months, you know, yeah. got married. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we knew, but it's kind of nice being able to have that like friendship relationship sure. with somebody first. Yep. It really does make a big difference. Um, but we, he was not raised in the church. Yeah. Um, you know, he is, his parents are wonderful still together. Like I, my in-laws, I'm very blessed. <laughs> um, but he did make the decision. It was, so we got married in t- 2007 and I think it was that it was either that summer or the summer after my dad baptized him. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So faith, yeah. you know, was always even though there was that period of time where I was maybe not living like it out, um, he knew it was important to me yeah. and it had to have been uh, so long ago. It had been part of our conversations because yep. he did get to that, to that point. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, which is huge. I didn't realize at that point being so young, how important that was. I mean, I knew it was important, but now here that we have two kids, yep. 10 and seven years old, like they, you know, that unequally yoked thing yep. like is legit. And so to be able to know that I, he has that spiritual yep. um, foundation as well. Um, obviously different levels. I don't want to say levels of spirituality because it's different, but like I have 39 mm-hmm. years under yep. my belt and he has 16. Yep. Right? Um, so it's a little bit different, but I started going back to church regularly. Actually it was before Jax, my oldest was born and he just turned 10 yesterday. So, wow. um, but we were going to the church and at that point, the church that I had been raised in, um, had changed a lot. Uh, they eliminated the youth program for budget reasons. Then this was before I even had kids, but I knew yeah. at that point when that happened, um, that 
at some point we were going to have to find another church. Yeah. And I had never growing up thought that. I'm like, oh, I've been here my whole life. I'm going to stay here yeah. my whole life. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was, um, it was sad to me to see that. And then there were some things happening um, with some of the, the leadership, the pastor and whatnot that, and Jack just could, didn't connect yeah. with that church. Yep. I connected because I had that solid foundation of community the history, there. The all of it, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. people were my people, you know, and um, even though there weren't as many of them there anymore. But um, he stopped coming. He didn't, you know, he wasn't connecting with what was happening and I get it it was one of those I was at the point where I was like I felt like I couldn't invite people to church because I didn't want to like turn them off to church and it sounds terrible to say because the church is is a wonderful church but what was happening on Sunday mornings was just not yeah you know well and, and you guys have a lot of friends who their faith is not 39 years right? mm-hmm. you you and Jack both have a ton of friends who don't know Jesus or believe in God, right? Like we, we run into a lot of people like where there's belief in God, but there's not like an active engagement in faith and a relationship with Jesus and all that. And that's that's a lot of your community. The church that you grew up in, just so everybody understands, like when it comes to like what they teach, it's pretty much the same stuff that we teach, right? Um, the difference is it's one of those, you know, the example I always give is ice cream. It's just a different flavor of ice cream. And this flavor tastes very different than collective. And what's interesting is a lot of times people sit here and they go, well, I grew up in the Catholic church and on a scale of Catholic to collective, you know, <laughs> but like the church you grew up in, while their practices of church are a little bit different than ours, their desires are very similar and their rootedness in scripture is we're the same in that way. Um, but really for you guys, it wasn't a, they're not teaching the Bible. It's just going, this doesn't fit my family anymore. And which is hard because the reason why you know it doesn't fit your family anymore is because you grew up with them and you know all the good things. We're like, crap, like, like our time here has kind of passed. And, and that's okay. Like I know a lot of people who um, spend a lot of good time in really good churches and they have kids mm-hmm. and things change yeah. or they have a spouse who doesn't connect. And one thing I love about collective is there's a lot of people that go to this church who will say, this isn't my favorite type of church ice cream, but it is my kids or it is my husband's or they have adult kids. And they're like, I'd rather worship with my adult kids than not. And that is a hard decision to make, but I don't know if it's ever the wrong decision to end up in a church that is best for your full family, even though for you, there's some, there's some pain and tension there. And that's kind of the place that you guys got put in. Yeah. I stuck it out for a really long time. You did. Yeah. You served (laughs) Um, a lot. You were very involved. Yeah. 2019 was when I started coming to collective. Actually, it was going to both churches. Um, (laughs) But the realization was, um, I think the, the thing that kind of allowed me to take the step forward to coming to collective was um, we could not find anyone to teach Sunday school. I was literally teaching Sunday school almost every week. And it was just my kids and the pastor's kids usually yeah, because <laughs> there wasn't a lot of, of young kids in the church anymore, but it really irritated me. I would literally stand up and, and they didn't like when I did this, but you know, they have this time where you can talk before service and, and yeah. I would be like, guys, like, can somebody teach the kids? You know, and so at that point, I was like, okay, I got to find something different for my kids. And so I was teaching Sunday school there um, at 8:45, staying for like the first 20 minutes of service, and then driving over yeah. to West Frederick Middle, coming yeah. to a second service at Collective, checking my kids in. 
Um, and I did that for quite a few months. I actually think I did that all the way up until COVID. COVID, yeah. Um, I'd only been coming to Collective for like a month. Yeah. When, well, maybe like January, February. Right? Yeah. And then COVID happened and I was bummed. Yeah. <laughs> I loved coming here and my kids, you know, loved the program and whatnot. So we went online, which I was so grateful for. So at least to have that. The messages were so needed and, and were so great. Um, I still go back and listen to, um, I'll never forget the one where you were like, we are the joy that was set before him. And like, I was like, holy smokes. Like yeah. I've shared that one <laughs> so yeah. many times. I love sharing the podcasts. Um, but yeah, so COVID actually was a, um, a, a, a allowed me to fully come over to Collective because yeah. um, when everybody opened back up, you know, I'd been out so long that it was okay for me to just be yeah. here and, and and let them do their thing over there. So, um, but I jumped in like head first. I just fell in love with this church yeah. and I'm going to try not to sound like a Collective commercial, but like, totally fine. I freaking love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is just the community has been amazing, the friendships, the people, um, being able to just plug into serving has been such a blessing because my other church, there were certain ministries like soup kitchen and, you know, Mm -hmm. singing at the nursing home and different things you could do. But if you wanted to plug into something else or you'd have to start it and run it and do it. And I was, you know, working and had two kids and all this stuff. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't commit to something like that. Um, without you know being at the expense of other things and so being able to come here and just being like to just join the team and then you know i think one of the first things i volunteered for was the rescue mission clean out oh yeah (laughs) that was a fun yeah it's like a million degrees in that a million degrees um oh it was gross yeah that was for um the mission restock back during covid Yeah, it was right before it i think we were cleaning it out to get it ready for the restock yeah wow i didn't know in my brain, you've been here the whole time, and I know you haven't, <laughs> um, but I, I guess I didn't put two and two together that it was like during that season. So let, let, let me ask a few questions about that because I think that's really important. So during COVID, while everybody's topsy-turvy, right, and you also have some family stuff that happened during that as well, here's this church that you've kind of been to, kind of watched online. You know a shift is coming. Why during COVID did you lean in so hard because so many people leaned out. I think it goes back to what I always do when there's trials. That's when God pulls me in tighter. And um, I had just really fallen in love with this church. You know, the people here, like CT and Rachel, like we, they were the first people we ever hung out with. They came over to our house, like, and I can say this now, but it was during COVID and, but we had 30 acres. I'm like, you can come outside and play because they were living in an apartment at the time. 20 acres away, yeah. I'm like, no. Um, But, um, but yeah, it was just, it, I just felt it. I just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the collective crew and the people and everybody was just so great. And um, I just was excited to be able to plug in. I mean, yeah. really, rather than just attending on Sundays and teaching Sunday school, yeah. like just to be a part of this has been a, a really cool experience. And yeah. I wanted all of it right away. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think I volunteered before I ever even joined the team. Um, you were doing that the parking lot party before we even oh opened. Oh my gosh! Was it yeah. the fifth birthday? Right, yeah, yeah. Or no, it was something before that. We did our fourth birthday. Okay. And yeah. then we did like a worship night because it was like we just want to see people. I just messaged Danielle. You know, I'm like, I don't. I'm not. On, I'm like, do you? Can I help? So funny, man. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that's like again, like going back to your story. It's, um, you know, Eugene Peterson says faith is long obedience in the same direction, and like, this is just like a journey. And for you here's this really hard season because again like it wasn't just 
you know, you had to step back from being involved in a church. It was trying to get plugged into a new church, COVID hits, you know, the wedding venue that you guys run can't do anything. And even that was topsy-turvy because it was like, you can open, you can't open, you can't open 20 people, no people, you know, your faith was still your faith. Right. And that wasn't a season for you where you had to double check everything. You know, you didn't need to check on your marriage and you didn't need to check on your faith. It was like, no, I know these things are still there. So how do I lean in? And part of the reason why you're able to do that is because faith has been such a part of your life for such a long time. You know, it's the reason why we try to tell people like, hey, this is a marathon, but man, this is a really good marathon to run. You know, if you treat faith like a sprint or a Band-Aid or, you know, this fixes this problem right now, the next time a hard thing happens, you fall, you fall to pieces. And so, you know, for you, it's like, no, this is what we do, even in the middle of kind of all the chaos with that. Um, for you during that time, though, you know, being so willing to volunteer at church, um, there was other stuff going on, right? And I mentioned the wedding venue, but talk to us a little bit about like the impact of that. Talk to us a little bit about the impact on family because you guys are so close and it wasn't, it was not and has not been an easy few years. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. The venue, like we just had opened in the end of 2019. So it was like our, our very first season we were shut down, but again, God has just given me the ability to see his goodness through things. And I think that's one of the things that keeps me able to, to, to move forward and lean in. But, um, you know, because we were new, we weren't completely booked up and had, you know, hundreds of weddings to reschedule or anything like that. And, um, you know, we had to reschedule a few, but on the flip side, we had availability for couples who were displaced from their venues and things like that. And so we really worked hard to, to open up ourselves and accommodate people that were put out during that time. And so it actually was a blessing for us to be able to, um, to minister to other people. I mean, that's the whole reason we do this venue thing. You know, it's our, our family business, but like it's, you know, we try to minister to every couple that we come, yeah. that comes through. I mean, marriage is such a huge, important thing in our family and, you know, to God and all of that. And so it's a blessing to get to be a part of that with people yeah. and to walk that path with people. And most of them who don't know Jesus, but they fall in love with our family. You know, yeah. our venue's beautiful, but like, People book because of who we are yeah. and how we make them feel, and you know they're they're important, and they feel that. So, um, so we, you know, COVID wasn't it wasn't a devastating time for our Good. venue, really. Um, so again, very blessed. Um, what was difficult during that season was um, my little brother had gotten sick, very very sick, um, almost died, and that was tough in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, my brother being so ill, it was so scary um, for our family because we are super close. He's absolutely one of my favorite people on this planet and so i i prayed i was beaten down god's door and i still do um and actually god's starting to answer some prayers so that's a a real big blessing but but i will say like our family hardships don't split us good um you know we all grew closer through things you know my relationship with my brother was even closer you know during that time and so um Again, I, and I see how God has grown him the past two years, and it, it's like, wow, I don't want to look at this as a blessing because it's not. He's yeah. suffered. Yeah. He's suffered, and he still suffers a lot. Um, but I see what God is doing in his life, and I know God has great plans for him. And so getting to witness that and watch his growth through this and his wife, oh, she's incredible. Yeah. That's been a blessing. So, again, I just, I'm always looking for the good because it's always there. You know, it's, it's God's goodness is always there. You just have to look for it sometimes. Yeah. And that's what will pull you through those really crappy times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think from the outside looking in, 
right? For people who do know you or even the people listening to the podcast who like will see your social media video and go, oh wait, I know her, she's always happy. Part of the thing that it's helpful for people to understand is like there's the difference between like happiness and joy. Like when you're smiling, it's not just like happy. It's it's just like joy that's rooted in who Jesus is. It's not because life is easy, right? It's because even in the trials of your life, one, you trust God and that he's good. And two, you see God working, even if it's slower than what you want or different than what you want or different than even like, you know, during the wedding venue stuff, while everyone else is like, the wedding industry is falling. You're going, but now we have space that's open for people, you know? And so much of that is joy that comes from being rooted in who Jesus is and what your faith is. Um, so one of the questions I want to ask is, so you, you guys get involved at Collective. It's been a few years now. Um, what does your faith feel like right now? Because you've always had a strong faith, right? That's part of your story. It's part of um, the reason why I want people to hear this story and take to heart like, the hey, this is a lifetime of trusting God and here's some of the fruit of that. But there's still growth always and there's still kind of the next level. And as your kids have gotten older is a big part of it or um, even we'll talk about this more, but you've not just celebrated life change here, you've actually been able to be a part of it with other people, like baptizing people at Collective. How would you describe your faith right now as somebody who's had it their whole entire life? You know, it's crazy. Like you never stop growing, yeah. right? Um, you think like, oh, I've achieved you know great faith or I'm, I'm in a good spot, but like there's always room for growth. And the past couple years, you know, since coming to Collective, being more involved in the ministry that's happening here has been huge. Um, but being able to walk away every single Sunday and take something into my week and, uh, and apply it, like, you know, being challenged here, I get challenged a lot. And I know my husband feels the same way. Um, but it's good though. I, you know, I am in my Bible every single morning. I am, I am committed to 15 minutes of prayer every single morning. And I've just really found that, the growth that I've experienced since coming here has been huge. And it was, I don't want to say, it was kind of unexpected because I thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a really strong Christian, yep, you know? Absolutely. And that, you know, hasn't changed. But I don't know. It's just it's just different when you're so involved in the church. Yeah. I mean, this is like my favorite place. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why am I only on the schedule once this month? Like, <laughs> But yeah, I just... I'm just really grateful for the community, really. I mean, that's really what it is. I think yeah. um, I'm, I have so many women that I text, you know, with about praying for each other and and things like that. And you know, Danielle's always checking in, like, how can I pray for you? And yeah. it's just um, it just keeps it in the forefront of your mind. And so the other, you know, having kids also kind of forces you to because you realize how <laughs> how much you're not in control. And yeah. that's one thing I I've struggled with. I'm very much a I don't want to say control freak, but like, I don't like to feel like I'm not in control. I get very anxious and, and things like that. So, but with kids, you realize you're not in control. Like, and so that's one of the things that I've, and and again, through what we've dealt with, with my brother and, um, whatnot, but like, it's all God, you know, you know, that, you know, if you seek, seek, you will find him. If you seek with your whole heart, like that has become so evident because I've really been digging into, being in the word daily, like, you know, gratitude journaling, just really starting my day every day with 30, 45 minutes. I know it's not possible for everybody. I'm very blessed to make my own schedule and do my own thing, but 
you know, when I release control and that's when God moves and it's yeah. so such a relief, <laughs> such a relief because there's so many things happening in my life right now where I, he is giving me big opportunity to yeah. lean in and trust in his plan and, and have confident hope in yeah. him. And so, you know, this going through the things that I have the past few years and, and the season that I'm in right now, having this church is like an anchor, you know? And so just a huge blessing. You guys are in my gratitude journal. Quite yeah, often. Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, and I, you know, when you talked about earlier, like you making a, a change when it comes to church, there's a few reasons why you just felt like God was nudging you. And, and even if you know, God's like pushing you toward that, it's still a hard decision, right? It was a hard decision, but two of the big things were one, um, your kids mm-hmm. and uh, just them having the opportunity as they get older to not just have Sunday morning programming while they're in elementary school, but like when they get into middle school, being surrounded by other middle schoolers that are wrestling with their faith. And um, and that was a big part of it, right? Collective's got Youth Collective. It's great. I mean, they're taking 17 kids to camp this summer um, at CIY, which is most of our middle schoolers, which is just unreal. That's um, awesome. But another thing you said was like a church where you can invite your friends I just want to make sure that everybody listening knows like that wasn't just a burden that you felt, but something that like essentially God told you, Hey, you need to go somewhere where you can bring your people and you have. And, um, there's been multiple times where you've been able to baptize your own friends. Mm. And from time to time, you'll hear me say like spiritual maturity isn't knowing all of what scripture says, spiritual maturity is is baptizing your friends because it's not just you knowing it, it's you living it out and teaching it and bringing it to someone else in a way that gets them to to move. And so share with us a little bit about like what that's felt like to be able to invite people, but not just there's a seat for you, but also walk alongside them and join them in making the decision to get baptized. What has that been like? Uh, amazing. <laughs> it is so easy to invite to this church. Yep. I mean, I have zero problems. I could sit down for an hour and just text <laughs> 50 people. And I do that before like our big Sundays, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm always posting about it on social media, but like when something has affected you so powerfully, like you want to share it with other people. I mean, that's what I do in my whole life right now in my line of work and everything. And, um, so it is so easy to invite, but it is so cool to know that like I can invite them, but it's not on me for them as to teach and to help them grow. Like I can just bring them here. You could do that. The community does that. I can be there for them, you know, walk with them, like you said, but um, it is inviting is the easiest thing you can do. Yeah. Like why would I, why is everybody not inviting hundreds of people every week? Because this is where it's at, right? Yeah. Like, People are going to make their decision when they get here, but like you, you hit the nail on the head and you said, give people the opportunity to bump into Jesus. That is what yeah. we do here. Yeah. And it's just so cool. They say you can sell what you love, right? Um, and I have no problems. Yeah. 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 <laughs> None. Yeah. This podcast sometimes turns into um, a, a little bit of like, you know, people who stand collective and... I, I need everybody listening to know, like we, ahead of time, I'm not like, hey, talk about collective, but... For people who have been here and see what God can do here, it has nothing to do with what we, you know, try to do as people. Like it has, it's everything to do with like our willingness to trust God and just say, okay, God, like do what you're gonna do. Make us uncomfortable. You know, for me, it's push me to talk about things I don't want to talk about because we need to talk about these things. And 
you are somebody who had a wonderful church experience growing up and you loved it. And now you're an adult going, I'm having a wonderful church experience right now. And that's the dream. Like that is what I want for my children. I want them to fall in love with this church, to grow here, to get baptized here. I would love to baptize my children in, in this church. My hope is that we're not in this building anymore. My hope is that we have our own building, <laughs> but then we're not, be. can't be in this place anymore. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's what you want, right? And for you, it's, it's your friends, but now a lot of your attention is on your kids mm-hmm. and going, man, I, I hope one day that they put their faith in Jesus. I hope they get baptized. And it's part of our commitment to you to say, we're going to help you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start creating the conversations in fourth and fifth grade, not in middle school. So that when they're in the, the main service, they're, they're wrestling with things that they've already been wrestling with. So I, I love baptism. Oh, I love baptism. Talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, I, you know, we talk about it every week because really baptism and communion are the two the word is sacraments. They're, they're the two things that we can join in with Christ that like, there's nothing else that we can, we, we, we don't perform miracles the way Jesus performed miracles. You know, we're not, he didn't read the new Testament. It didn't exist at the time. Right. So like even Bible reading isn't, it's a spiritual discipline. It's not a sacrament. Sacrament is these things we join in with Christ baptism. We join in his death, burial, resurrection and communion. We join in communion, but also honoring the future death, burial and resurrection. So for me, and growing up in a church that taught similarly to collective in the church you grew up in, baptism is something that hits me every time. And it hits you too. <laughs> Most people feel something, but you feel it differently. And I realized one of the first times you're at collective, like watching you in the back, you know, weep during this baptism of a, of a stranger. I was like, oh, she gets it. Um, so I want you to share a little bit about that because people who know you know, like, when baptisms hit, you're like, this is it. Like, uh, this is my, I'm, I'm cheering the loudest. I'm feeling the feelings. I'm sharing it. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like, why why is that such a moment for you? It's always been. I mean, my other, you know, the previous church, baptism was a thing. It did not happen nearly as often, but it's still, I can't ever remember it not hitting me like that. Um, and just because you know, like when somebody makes that decision and then they're like literally taking the first step and following the footsteps of Jesus, which means they're going to be able to find that peace and that joy that I don't know how people live without, you know, that they don't really even have to worry about things here because this isn't it. Like they're, they're, you know, it's heaven. It's, it's just the most incredible thing. And so I, I mean, I get emotional literally just talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I'm a social crier, okay? <laughs> and when you're up there baptizing and you get teary, yeah, I lose tough. my mind. It's tough. But, um, but it's, it's happy tears, right? Like you always see me run out as soon as the baptism yeah. happens because I want to go meet them at the door yeah. and give them a hug. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a powerful thing. And I mean, it makes total sense if you, you know, read about Christ's baptism, you know, he did it, yeah. right? The so, sky opened up. Right, yeah. right. And so yeah. I feel that, you know, spiritually, the sky opens up every single time. Yeah. Um, and just to see the joy on their faces, yeah. you know, because I remember that feeling coming yeah. out of the water, Same. you know, like it was, I can't explain it. It was just like a lightness, mm-hmm. just like a, 100%. it was, yep. it was crazy. And, and so, and that's something I'll never forget. So getting to kind of be like, Oh, I remember that, you know, all of that brings up all the feels. And then again, just knowing that, that they have Christ now, like, yep. you know, it's yep. powerful. But I was baptized in a Creek in December because the church I was meeting, we, the troughs didn't exist at the time, like not in that, this way. Probably almost as cold as a trough. Uh, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Probably. Just kidding. It's really warm. You should get in there. Um, I remember the feeling of 
feeling light. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a hyper spiritual person, right? I wouldn't even say I'm a, at the time, especially not an emotional person. Times change, have kids healing in Jesus. It brings out all the feelings in me. The only way I could explain it was I, I felt like the sin in my life had been taken off of me, like a physical weight was mm-hmm. gone. And I remember that as a teenager. And that is also one of the reasons why um, baptisms hit me, because it's not just joining in with, you know, literally doing something that Jesus did. It's one of the few things we can actually do that he also did. But it's also realizing like, oh man, people don't even know what's on the other side of that yet. They don't know that peace. They don't know that joy. They don't know that feeling of I, I, I'm living freely and lightly right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny is like you long for that feeling again and Jesus gives it to you in other ways. But, you know, after your baptism, you only get that, that specific feeling one time, right. you know, and for you. And I think for me as well, it's like I remember that feeling and I'm just so thankful that people get to feel it mm-hmm. because, you know, it's up there mm-hmm. in some of the best you know, specifically church-wise, but even life experiences I've ever had was coming out of that water and feeling literally new, As even as a teenager. Um, baptisms always, always mess with me. Um, so, <laughs> so for you, um, and I'm really excited about this part, one of the questions we always ask people is, is to share a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of um, just kind of advice. You know, when it comes to collective, specifically right now when it comes to church in general, not just collective, but you are kind of the anomaly in that you would say, I was born in the church and it was a good thing and I'm in the church now and it is a good thing. That's what we want. That's what we long for. That's what really like for a lot of us, we don't, we can't go back in time to change the beginning, but we're trying to give that to our kids. So what advice and wisdom would you have um, for people when it comes to faith and specifically coming from a place of like, no, I've had, I've had it my whole life and look at how great this is. But what would you share for people listening today? There's still spiritual ups and downs, no matter how strong a foundation that you've had. And, um, you know, I experienced those peaks and valleys a little more severely in my younger years, as far as decisions I was making. But now, um, you know, feeling so rooted, I still have days where I just like days where I feel this super close connection with God and I'm recognizing his goodness all day long and praising him. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like I've achieved that level. Right. And then the next day, like I'm yelling at my kids and (laughs) like, you know, struggling with this or that and realizing like, Holy smokes, like I don't have this all figured out. So grounding myself every day. I mean, that is crucial. I mean, I don't care. I I read one chapter of the Bible. I don't care what chapter it is. I mean, right now I'm going through the new Testament because you can't go through the new Testament and not just like fall in love with Jesus. But um, I was like, I need that again. Let's go back there and prayer, like get your prayer life, right? Like being in the church for so long and hearing prayers and all that, you know, again, it comes to like things become more mundane when they're more familiar. Right. Um, But I've really learned this past year, how powerful um, prayer can be and that it's not a lot of times what we grow up thinking it is in the church, like this formal, like, dear God, yep. in Jesus' name, amen. Yep. Right? Like, yep. it's not like that. Um, I read a book called Fervent okay. by Pris- Priscilla Shearer yep. or something like that. Yep. That had, that absolutely changed my life. She literally has you write out specific prayers for different areas of life that you should be praying for every single day. And so when I started doing that, it was about a year ago, like, that's just really made a big difference yeah. in in my spiritual life and, and helping me realize every day that like, I don't have it all figured out. So I need Jesus every day. Yep. Right. It's not like, Oh, I've achieved and I'm good now. Let's, you know, let's walk together. It's when you have the spiritual highs, that's when you have the, the, the risk of falling the farthest. Right. 
back down. Yep. And so, but rooting myself every day in, in prayer and scripture and I have this book, Jesus Calling. I'm sure everybody's heard of it, but yeah. it's, I've probably read through that four, four or five times. But it's incredible how God will literally speak into my exact circumstance through the daily devotional, yep. right? And that yep. I may have read maybe five times One, over yeah. the past five years. Yep. Um, yeah. But when you're seeking, like he speaks to you. Yep. And, but he, you know, you've got to be seeking. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage everybody to, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or yep. an hour, you know, make it a habit. I account, have accountability partners in Good. that. And that's been huge. I don't want to have a little red X next to my gratitude journal yeah. for the morning because I didn't do it when yeah. I'm reporting to my group, right? Yeah. So find a friend yeah. and, and get rooted every day. Yeah. And such a big part of that is, you know, Sunday mornings are a great place to experience God and to kind of see the fullness of it because it's not just you, it's other people. You worship together, take communion together, you know, you feel challenged. But too often we look at Sunday mornings as like our tank is empty and let's fill this up with gas so I can get through the next week. And it's like scripture exists so that you don't have to run on empty every single day. Prayer exists so you don't have to run on empty every single day. Worship exists beyond Sunday morning so you don't have to, to run on empty every single day. And, you know, one of the things that you're encouraging people to do is hey, don't just come to Sunday to fill back up, to empty yourself out. Like, make sure every single day you're building those things in um, because that's not something that a lot of people do and we struggle with. And um, I would just encourage people listening, and Ashley's given great advice, read one chapter, take 10 or 15 minutes to pray. Like, we're not saying it needs to be eight hours every day. If you have eight hours, do it for eight hours, and you'll see God in incredible Mm -hmm. ways in your life. But, man, give him some time. And allow collective to be a place where you get to see the fullness of God, but not just where you're empty and you need more. Um, for those of you, too, who are hearing this and going, okay, where should I start reading the Bible? Actually, said it. Start in the New Testament. I don't know if there's anything wrong with just reading the Gospels over and over and over again until you die. Um, because ultimately, you'll read everything about who Jesus is, and I think that's enough. I do encourage to read beyond the Gospels because then you get to see the start of the church. Definitely read the book of Acts. It's my favorite book. Um, yeah, because then you see how they responded to who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, start in the New Testament. Um, start in Matthew. There's genealogy in the beginning. Read it. It's not, people are like, it's boring. It's not boring. It explains how Jesus came about. And there's names in there that you'll see that we talk about on Sunday mornings that are lost, broken people that God used to bring in the Savior of the universe. And so, um, but start, definitely start there. For prayer, great advice. You know, if you worry about, you know, I'm praying out loud and it feels weird, journal, write it down, write it in your notes. Um, I encourage people to do that so they can also go back and see what God's done. Because sometimes we pray to God and we want an outcome and we don't think he gave it to us until we look back and, and, and read and it reminds us, oh no, he absolutely gave it to us, but better, or gave it to us, but in a way that I didn't imagine. Um, and that, that helps with that. All right, so last question, your favorite Bible verses. And these could be ones that right now kind of, kind of sit with you or ones in the past. But um, one of the things that scripture does when we read it is it really kind of sits in our soul. And I love the Bible because my favorite verse is not your favorite verse. And, you know, we've had over 30 people sharing this podcast so far, and there's very few repeats. And even the repeats, even if they are repeats, they're for completely different reasons. And that is the beauty of scripture. Um, sometimes we are reading it and there's just these verses and these words of God that pierce who we are, that change who we are, but really they're just those words that for whatever reason they ring more true in our head or we hold on to them more dearly. Um, and so on the podcast, we always ask, what are those verses for people? So for you, what are those verses that just kind of like sit in your soul all the time? 
Um, first one, Psalm 143, 8 through 10. Uh, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I've put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Uh, rescue me from my enemies, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. That's, I pray that often. That's good. <laughs> um, another one um, that's really been in this season of my life um, with where with things I'm working towards um, Psalm 37, 5, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him to help you do it, and he will. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last one, um, Romans 12, 12, uh, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Yeah, that's wonderful. Ashley, I'm, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for really the joy that you bring to Collective, but also um, the, the energy and you help make this place um, the place that you longed for. And um, while a lot of it is about how much you love this place, Collective isn't Collective without you and you helping us create space for people to feel seen and cared for and loved and um, celebrating them, even if you don't know them when when they get baptized and um, helping people feel like, hey, this is not just a place that I go, but I can be a part of this community. And you're a huge reason for that. We're thankful, I'm thankful. Uh, that you bring so much hype with baptism because it really does, it, it is the culture and tone that, that we want this church to feel when people make that decision. I, I'm also just humbled by the fact that Collective is a place that you know you can bring people and that they can experience what God has in store for them and um, just how willing you are to say, hey, you need to come and see what God's doing here. and, and if you don't, you don't, but if you do, like something good's in store. And um, Collective wouldn't be where we are without you. And um, and really all the energy and effort you put into this place. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for your faith. Um, I'm thankful for uh, people on this podcast to hear uh, what it's like to, to live a life trusting God, um, because that's what a lot of us long for. We want that. And um, you're a great example of, of, of what that looks like. And so thanks for joining me today on the Your Story Matters podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.